I'm Victor M. Warren, and you listen to the Bola Bola Show. Peace. to the next new episode of the Bola Bola Show. I'm Bala here to start our wonderful show. And uh, me assisted by two uh, deadly partnerships, Steven and Elwin. And uh, I'll start with Steven first. Steven, how are things going on with you today? Hey Bala, everyone. Everything is going fine uh, pretty much as usual. But uh, you know, as long as there's football to talk about, I think everything should be okay. Yes, yes, correct. Football is always there to talk about. How about you, Elvin? Ending surprise for today? Hey, hey guys. Hey, Vala, guys. Uh, well, everything has been awesome. You know, uh, could not ask, ask for more this season. You know, uh, staying healthy, eating almost entirely home-cooked food, you know, which is a, which is a plus point. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, yep. So, everything is great. So, right. uh, yep. All right, good. But I think, Elvin, uh, I think today we got a wonderful guest. Uh, maybe can you explain or at least introduce yep. him to us, yep. to this wonderful, to our, to a wonderful group of people here? Yeah, so, so exactly. So, uh, and today uh, in our show, you know, we got our friend, uh, Victor, from Nigeria. So, the Bola Bola Show are pleased to welcome uh, Victor Emaon uh, on board for today's episode. So, Victor, how has it been going for you? Uh, it's been going okay. Uh, thankful to God for life and uh, the positive vibe around. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. So, so with uh, with having Victor on board, uh, the the reason is uh, the Bola Bola show today. We are going. We are getting into the African continent. Okay, so let's talk about the nineteen ninety six Nigeria team that created history by winning the by winning the Olympics a first for any African country. In fact, during that time in 1996, when Nigeria achieved this honor, uh, power, powerhouses like uh, Argentina and Brazil have not won this elusive Olympic medal yet. So let's get and let's deep, deep dive into this tournament and we'll be back right after this. Okay, let's uh, kickstart this episode by looking at what was going on in the pre-tournament, I mean, before the Olympics started. Now, as you all know that earlier in earlier the year 96, there was the African Cup of Nations in which Nigeria, surprisingly, apparently due to political decision, decided not to take part in that competition, which was historically won by South Africa. And uh, this also comes at a time when Nigeria were by far considered like one of the most entertaining teams reason because of the impact they made in USA 94. We don't have to go deeper into that because you know exactly what happened. So Victor, I just wanted to ask you like going into the Olympics, I mean what was the feeling among uh, the public in Nigeria? I mean what was their perception on whether Nigeria like how far can they go after you know giving such a great impression in USA 94? Yeah, uh, I would say uh they very much anticipated uh, a good result for the fact that uh, in the years past, the performance from the national team had been uh, 
really explicit for the fact that uh, we actually conquered the 94 nations cup and also performance for the the world cup as well was uh, quite okay compared to even all the european countries in the in the world cup so uh, in as much as the the politics uh, was more to a bisma bisma in the society we the nigerian uh, national team was still able to keep in good shape psychologically physically and otherwise for the fact that uh, most of the players were playing in Europe and in other African uh, clubs, the likes of uh, JJ Okocha, uh, Benedict Hiroa, and uh, Victor Peva, which was which he was uh, nicknamed at certain time the Prince of Monaco because of uh, his performance with uh, AS Monaco at that time as a player. Uh, okay. pre pretty much in that era, he was considered to be one of the top strikers in the world. Yep. Having likes of uh, 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 Zenedis Zidane in midfield in the uh, League One and having him compete with uh, uh, rivals like Zenedis Zidane and a few other uh, African, uh, African players as well as uh, European players. So it, 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 was, uh, it was very much anticipated, but the, the fact was because we didn't participate in 90. 96 Nations Cup, it even boosted us more. It boosted the ego of people to want to uh, achieve more. And being the fact that uh, the young lad, Wanko uh, Kanu, who was uh, uh, assigned as the, the, later assigned as the captain for the, the, the national team in the Olympics, he said he had a dream. And in his dream, he saw Nigeria lifting the trophy. So it, it was more like a boost for the, the nation as well as the team. Mm, okay, interesting. Oh, wow, interesting. Wow. Okay. Okay, so, uh, okay, so Victor, now, now we get into the coach, uh, Joe Bonfrey. So, uh, his approach was very different uh, as compared to previous coaches and all that, where the team actually, he took the Nigeria team and he prepared them in a remote location, away from all the normal distractions back in Nigeria. So at, at, at the same time also, you know, there was uh, lots of turmoil going on or faced by the coach during this time, you know, in the training camp and many issues cropped up like lack of funds and, uh, you know, I understood that some players were using their own credit cards to, to pay for transportation and stuff like that. And uh, to, to, to top this up, in fact, uh, Coach Bonfrey was even sacked at one moment of time, but then all the players somehow rallied together and uh, you know, got him reinstated. So uh, amidst all this, uh, all this drama that was going on, you know, maybe you can share some insights or, or on your thoughts on this matter. Uh, uh, the first thing there was, uh, although most people give the, the credit to Bonfrey, I would actually say half the job was done by Westerhoff because uh, Westerhoff was the one who had to, the, their previous coach who won uh, uh, the Nations Cup with uh, Nigeria and also took Nigeria to the World Cup. Uh, it did it may be 80% of the job because he structured the national team and the mentality of the national team was more into brotherhood than just playing soccer. Mm -hmm. So it was more like even if they had differences in their own in terms of their personality, race and whatsoever. It was more to the minute they come to play, the uh, the brotherhood was already been the brotherhood knot was already been tied. So, Bonfrey 
as a predecessor, as a successor, actually just took the role of uh, Westerhoff, and uh, it was more like the legacy was already been laid. So he blended in to having a good relationship with the, the players and the national team, and also for the fact that they both were from the same background, being Dutch. It was mm. pretty much easier for the the, the players to uh, uh, adapt to the the kind of personality for uh, Bonfrey. I see. Okay. All right. So, in regards to him being sacked and reinstated, yeah, it, it was more to the players were eager to play, and they already built trust in this coach. It's more like you you trust in someone because you've already pre you've already seen the performance of the person you know what the person can produce and then you've been promised something else like they say they say the the evil you know is better than the evil you don't know so it's mm -hmm. more to they knew his ins and outs they knew how to survive as a team with him compared to someone who they didn't know initially they couldn't bond because in the real sense of football, you get to understand certain players might not blend with the coach or certain co coach might not blend with the players. It, it even becomes worse when the player doesn't blend with the coach because they, they on purpose, try to play funny on the pitch just to get the, the, the bad name to the, to the coach. So it, it was more to the players knew what they were going after. They wanted to create a name for themselves. And they knew the person they had as a coach, that he was the only one to lead them as a shepherd. As a shepherd. So they had to do everything possible for, for them to reinstate him. Mm, okay. Mm, okay. Okay, uh, Victor, talking about the squad, uh, this Nigeria team I always reminds me of the way they celebrate the goals whenever they score. Yeah. It's one of the classic celebrations. I think I even do it with LB in the classroom during when they study together. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, the Kanu, the Kanu celebration. <laughs> yes, it's very flamboyant and very it's exciting. But as exciting as they are, their team also is fully talented. with all, a lot of talents. Yeah. Taribo West, Sunday Olise, Okocha, Babayaro, Babaginda, Amokachim, and of course, Mawan Kanu. And these are what you call the households of certain European giants as well. Yeah. So, with this kind of dream team, um, perhaps can you would like to share with us the tactics used by Bonfrey, by how do they actually maximizing their potential and how they blend as a team? Okay. Uh, uh, the first thing that you don't understand in the formation being used by uh, Bonfrey at that time was a tricky formation. He actually go for, uh, at times he go for 3-4-3, three, three, meaning three defenders, uh, four midfielders, and three attackers as well, inclusive of Kanu Wankwo, uh, 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 Amakachi, and also Victor Ekeba. But in other, in other games or within the game, he takes a swift turn and he goes for 4 3, four, three, three which is oh. more to, uh, which is more to, he plays Babayaro, the left winger, the left. Uh, uh, left fullback, he plays him initially right. on the left midfield and then when he sees the Nigeria is being pressurized, he takes him back to uh, the defense and then 
it's more like they interpolate himself and uh, uh, Oparaku takes his position. Babangi comes back to uh, the, the position of uh, Paraku. So it was more like it was very difficult for the uh, opponent's uh, coach to actually draw a game plan because in a split second, they're playing 4-3-3. Uh, in another split second, they're playing 3-4. Three, uh, three, uh, three, uh, three, yeah, it's like the, 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 the formation kept on changing. And the fact that uh, you had players who could actually adapt to positions, different positions, like Wanko Kanu could actually play as a center forward. Wanko Kanu could also play as a, 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 a left forward, a left winger. Ikpeba could also play as a left winger. He could also play as a right winger. It was uh, more to, even if they focus, because you see in most of the games in the Olympics, uh, Amakichi didn't perform well because most attention was on him. And the only people who performed well was more to uh, Wanko Kanu, Babayaro, and Okocha because these were the three people that actually played the skill, uh, the sneaky kind of tactic from uh, Bonfree. Is it one of the reasons why they get, like I say, during the big games, especially like Argentina, Brazil, they yeah. consider a lot of goals because I think, is it the confusion, the tactics, or is it the, like, the key point? Utilizing the people in and out, basically. Like, oh, if, if, right. if if you started the first the first loss, the uh, the only loss in the Olympics to Brazil, you'd actually yeah. see uh, the players and the coach himself was actually trying to adapt to this formation and to this tactics. So it was more to it worked for them for the first game. It worked for them for the second game, but in the game of Brazil, it didn't quite work for them. So they had to go back to the drawing books to ensure that the next game they were going to play against uh, uh, Mexico was actually going to be a game that they can actually utilize these uh, tactics and come out uh, with good results. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting, interesting. And, and of course, you know, that Bala has mentioned, you know, that the squad was filled with so many superstars, you know, even though they were, even though from under 23 side, these were all, you know, well-seasoned superstars who already established in Europe. Um, if you have to pick one, who would be your favorite player? And maybe you mm -hmm. want to say why this player is special to you? Uh, I would definitely pick uh, Wanko Kanu. Wanko Kanu, all right, all right, yeah. okay. Because he played for, he had already won the Champions League with Ajax. And uh, being the fact he played with all the uh, nationalities, he's been, he was able to understand how they think and how the tactics is. When you play with uh, European teams, what to expect if it's uh, uh, a passing game, if it's a close marking game, if you're playing with uh, uh, South American teams, what to expect. So he had the idea. That's the reason they made him the, co the captain for the team. And being the fact he was young, I think he was just about 19 or 20 thereabout at that time. So he had the, he had the deal in him to success. And also for the fact that he was the one who said he had a dream winning, uh, lifting the trophy. So people kind of put the responsibility on him because you dreamt it, so you go for it. You lead us. It's more like the Joseph kind of story. Hmm, okay, all right, all right. 
Well, uh, with that said, uh, we'll be back with the next segment whereby we will look into the Olympic tournament itself. So stay tuned. In the last minute, where the goal from that captain, Nwankor Kanu. Well, I talk about Kanu providing a little bit of something special in this game because I hadn't seen him, but I wouldn't call it special, but it was very, very important. Through the legs. What does he do here? Actually, it was a brilliant finish. He just teed it up for himself. He had to try and lift it somehow. And as he swiveled, he managed to help it over the goalkeeper. Up it goes. Very clever finish. Very clever finish. And what a finish. 3-3, final minute. Well. Hi, guys. Welcome back to our show again. So, now we're talking about the tournament. Uh, Victor, the group of uh, Nigeria was Group B. Consists of team from South America, Brazil, Nigeria from Africa, of course, and uh, not to forgotten Japan and Hungary. The mm. look look straightforward, especially with the talents from Brazil and Nigeria. Yeah. But uh, I don't think the group looks easy because uh, top three teams will end up with six points. Yeah. Brazil, Nigeria, Japan sharing all the points, and uh, Brazil, Brazil and Nigeria nicking to the last game. So after the defeat against Brazil, the final group win, did you think there was something missing? Basically, that okay, it's more kind of reality, check reality because I think when they did well against uh, Hungary and also Japan. So when yeah. once they beat Brazil, as you show the powerhouse, they make uh, they usually beat this so-called this average or young exciting team. So what 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 was the thought, or is there anything? Is there something expected missing from this? What are your thoughts about this? Uh, uh, we all, we also have to understand that the the team were mostly uh, young kids, like seventeen. I, I think Babayaro was seventeen at that time. Uh, Wanko Kanu was about uh, nineteen, and uh, you had like uh, Jejo Kocha. Basically, these were young people who actually they tend to lose uh, attention at any time. They get distracted. So the first game played. You would understand that they were distracted. The first game played, the second game played, they had already gathered the pace. The third game being played, that was played against uh, Brazil, that they eventually lost. You would understand that although they were trying to uh, pick up the pieces, it was already too late because Brazil already understood the pattern of play. And each time they changed, they couldn't work with the script or it just wasn't working for them. So it, it was more like an eye-opener for the team as well, for, as well as uh, the coach. Okay. Okay, great. <clears throat> All right. So uh, once, once the, group, uh, the group stages are over, so Nigeria then have to get past Mexico 2-0. I think that was quite comfortable victory there for Nigeria, right? So despite yeah. after, after uh, just... Uh, losing that that game to Brazil 1-0 before that, so now they get past uh, Mexico, and then now you know, and in the semis they get a chance again to meet Brazil. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, what a game this turned out to be, right? Uh, yeah. Coming back from 3-1 down and uh, to, to equalize very very late, and in fact go all the way and win it on the golden goal. Can you just put us through your thoughts on this match? You know, to me, I think probably this is the best ever Olympic football match. You know, and um, and one thing that I really remember about this match was the coolness and the composure of Kanu 
uh, at injury time in the 90th minute, equalizing, you know, scoring that equalizer goal to make it three all. It's like it's so sublime, right in front of the goalkeeper. How cool was that, Victor? Uh, I would answer to that to say uh, 50% of the job was done by the Nigerian fans because on the pitch hmm. that day, m- most of them had the song uh, which was being ch- chanted, all we are saying, give us one go. So each time the Nigerian player had the, the ball on, uh, uh, on their foot, they were more like being propelled to do something with it. So the, although the first half, didn't turn out well when they went back into the dressing room during the talk from uh, during the talk with the, the coach and everything they came out they saw even they were trailing three goals to one the fans there were still propelling them to do better so it was more to first was more to the fans the fans with the positive vibe secondly was more to uh, uh, the experience and you spoke about Kanuanko he basically had uh, the experience for the fact that it won the Champions League, Champions uh, League, uh, also with uh, Finidi Jordan, another Nigerian. So it was mm-hmm. more like the experience was there, the zeal was there, the hunger was there, and the team played together not just as a team but as a, a brotherhood. It was more to a brotherhood for them, and being the fact that. Nigeria as a country then was going through some kind of political issues. They had they held the responsibility of the Nigerian people to come back to Nigeria with good results, more like a conversation a compensation for the nation for all the loss and whatever has been happening in the past years. Mm, fantastic. All right. Yeah. Okay. And uh, of course. Prior before the, I mean, of course, uh, when the semi-final draw was made, I think uh, it was obvious that everybody in the world would have wanted an Argentina-Brazil Olympic final. I mean, you don't really, you, you don't really get that in the World Cup, but obviously, you know, people would like the prospect of that happening in the Olympic. But it didn't happen as Nigeria, you know, stunned Brazil. Uh, a very star-studded Brazil, to be in fact, you know, with uh, Ronaldo, Roberto Carlos, Juninho, Rivaldo in that team, and. Uh, the final against Argentina. One, uh, I'm sure you remember what happened two years earlier when a certain Claudio Canigia uh, broke Nigeria's yeah. heart. But in this game now, in this game, um, what was, I mean, again, you guys were trailing 2-1, 16 minutes left. And again, another amazing comeback from Nigeria. I mean, what was your feeling like? I mean, to be honest, when I, when I saw what happened during the third goal went in, I realized you know, there's no way it's sort of like destiny was in Nigeria's hand to win the Olympic gold. But I just want to ask your, your thoughts on this game. Uh, the, the, the only word to describe it would be melancholy. But if you want me to go into details, I'll be crazy. Crazy, <laughs> excited, elated. Because uh, I could remember, although I was still young, I could remember my dad watching the, the game. And it was actually uh, crazy in the house. We had people screaming in the house. We had the entire neighborhood screaming and stuff because not just upon winning the game, it was even upon scoring the, the second goal, then we were like, oh, there's hope. And the chant kept on going. All we were saying, give us one goal. And then another goal came in and the chant kept on still going. And we like, until the end of the game, people were still singing, people were still chanting, people were still singing. So it's more like in sportsmanship, uh, they're basically 
three criteria to victory. The first would be uh, uh, practice. The second would be teamwork. The, the third definitely has to be the energy surrounding you. So I'll, I'll, I'll just say, like I said earlier, it was more to the energy from the fans. It was more to the energy from the Nigerian people. And it got to a point in time that, that it wasn't just Nigerians supporting the Nigerian national team. It was more to Africa as a continent supporting the Nigerian national team and certain parts of Europe supporting the Nigerian national team. So it was uh, something really crazy at that at that time. Mm, okay, all right. Uh, but by the way, just Victor, in case you didn't know, maybe if Elvin has ever shared this with you. Most of us in Malaysia didn't have a chance to watch that Olympic final because we were having a nationwide blackout. Oh yeah, the, <laughs> the historic nationwide blackout, man. Blackout, <laughs> and uh, you know, and, and then when the next day when I saw the highlights, and then when I realized, you know, man, what a, I mean, yes, I, I definitely all three of us should have been heartbroken being fans of Argentina, but again, you know, we missed such a great football final. Uh, you know, something that. Very seldom happens in the World Cup, but it always happens in the Olympics. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Without that, uh, we will go into our final segment of this, epi- uh, of this episode. Hi guys, welcome back to this uh, Bola Bola show. Uh, basically, this is the final chapter of this uh, wonderful journey of Nigeria winning the 1996 Olympics. So, we're opening up to the floor, basically with, uh, with uh, myself, uh, Elvin and Steven, of course. On this, uh, what are the moments or what are the thoughts? Uh, of course, uh, let me start with, seems like uh, Nigeria lucky ground is US, because I think the first time they qualified for World Cup was in 1994. Uh, whereby they played in, uh, I think they lost to Argentina, but I think they gave a good fight up to Italy. They only lost, last minute lost to the, they lost to Bajos, uh, Italy. But uh, of course, the Olympic, they did well. And uh, for me, this entire Nigeria squad is basically, is, uh, what, I, what I interested was because the African continent, uh, which often we looked as, uh, what do you call that, uh, third world country, and uh, in terms of at least the footballing world, started to emerge, especially after the Cameroon uh, uh, were beating Argentina and they went up to quarterfinal in 1990 World Cup. So I think this continuous uh, process whereby Nigeria did it and of course they went extra mile, in fact actually winning it. I'm proud, of course, beating Argentina, but it's a proud moment I think for, for all of us, especially the what you call the lower side of this world. But also don't forget that also during the group stage, Japan did beat Brazil. Just for the record, mm, yep, yep. so this entire Olympic was full of upsets, and uh, basically, a lot of third world country was doing very well against the so-called big guns. How? What, let's open up this. Elvin, anything to say about this? Yeah, uh, actually, actually, interesting enough, you mentioned about Cameroon, uh, Cameroon just now, uh, Bala, then 1990 and all that. But in fact. What Nigeria did was definitely a defining moment for African football because, you know, four years later, Cameroon won the Olympic uh, goal as well, right, in the, in the next Olympic. And uh, to me, this Nigeria squad, you know, with the squad that they had and all that, it, the performance was definitely justified. 
the never say die attitude is amazing and the coolness and i still go back to the coolness and the calmness of the of the players uh, you know especially the kanu you know in the in the semi finals and all that so in and of course in the final as well you no know, the two most important games where he mattered the most uh, the nigeria players uh, stepped up and uh, yeah what what a great achievement for african football and for nigeria yeah 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 anyway i would like to ask uh, victor i mean winning the olympics of course it sort of like propel african football and you know gave you know gave african football a very high standard uh and pretty much i think uh, that that whole squad or should i say the majority of the squad was in fact also there when nigeria qualified for france 98 uh was there any expectation that you know that finally an african country could possibly say win the world cup uh there there was and there still is but the the, the thing is there's a lot to think about it. uh those days compared to currently first is the the politics in the football association and uh, secondly you have to think about uh, uh players will to play case in point uh, uh I, I said earlier he highlighted earlier some of the players during this time because they weren't paid much they had to pay for their own hospitality they had to pay for their own medical treatment in this current day you wouldn't see any player who's going to do that because they're more worried about uh progress outside the country for their clubs than the national team so and the fact is europe and all the uh countries outside africa they pay way more than the african uh, clubs so most of the players wouldn't want to risk their career playing for the country getting injured and ending their career at the end of the day they just go back to ground zero so it's more to like what you said earlier the 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 zeal from the players the commitment and also the uh the, the right word to use would be the the utmost faithful of the players to the nation and also to the team oh, okay all right okay for me for me basically this game is especially nigeria journey to the final and the olympic gold medal i would say is basically is one of the defining moment i think in the history of football because i think if you take a movie i think this is the biggest underdogs after greece but of course greece was before before 96 but well it's, it's a remarkable achievement yeah i mean i mean it is a remarkable achievement by anyway even though um, you know the perception in europe is always uh, you know olympic football isn't that very important that that's why you sometimes you realize the, the 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 country representing uefa in the olympics are not necessarily the actual representation of the, the big countries in europe but when in other parts of the world south america africa asia you know the yeah. olympic is is a, it means a lot it means yeah. a lot the olympic gold means a lot i mean even in uruguay they still regard the olympic medal they won in 24 and 1924 and 28 as part of uh, their world greatest ever world uh, world 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 title which is why they carry four stars in their badge on top of winning the world cup of 1930 and 1950 so you mm. know it, it is very important for most uh, continents outside of europe i mean in fact even for 
Brazil, so this was their holy grail, right? That they were chasing for so long and yeah, was, yeah. and expected, I think, to win it to, to, to win it for so long. But you know, uh, Nigeria pipped pip them to it and in fact knocked them out to win it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, the other thing you the other thing you also have to consider is uh, uh, like I, I said earlier, there are three criteria to victory in uh, sportsmanship, the preparation, the teamwork and also the, the management, which is the coach. You would understand that although Argentina had a good team, uh, Brazil had a good team, and Brazil had a good team ever since, they still don't perform well. Even recently, they still don't perform well. It's not that the individual skill is not there. It's more to they don't have the right person who will be able to blend into the team as a coach to not just make them individual players, or to make them uh, as a team. So if there's no team in the, the, the in the national in the national team, then there's nothing to play with. Everyone plays for their own individual benefit. When they play individually, it just comes to I do my part. As long as uh, I get paid, you do your part. You get paid, and obviously, if it's uh, divided, then it's not going to work. Because like uh, uh, during a during the Olympics, Sunday Olise did say at that time his role was actually to cover up for three of the players, which were uh, JJ Okocha and also uh, uh, Babaginda. And at times when they played the formation when Victor Epeva was on the left wing, he had to cover up for, both, for three of them. More like they attack, he has to stay in the central midfield and also to defend. So mm. if the the teamwork is not there. The sacrifice to say, okay, you go make, you go take the fame, and I'll just say, if anything goes wrong, I'm here to defend. It definitely, you're not gonna have a team because if everyone wants to get the, the spotlight, and no one is sacrificing their own glory for the other, then it's not gonna be a team. It's just gonna be more to an individual sport. Uh, talking about sports team and Victor, I would just like to quote this from JJ Okocha after he after they won the game. He said that this means everything to Nigeria. Football is one thing in Nigeria that brings us together. For the people back in my country, this is maybe the happiest day of their lives. What uh, what I'm trying to say is, I'm not sure how were how old were you that time, but how, what how how was Africa continent or even Nigeria that of, on that uh, beautiful day? I think I was about six or seven years at that time, and being at that age, we there's something Nigerians call uh, it's food, it's football per se, but they call it a monkey post. You actually make a goal post, and the goal post would be a, a space of maybe two feet, and then someone has to be on the goal post as a goalkeeper, as small as two feet is. So your job as a striker is actually try to get the ball past the, the goalkeeper. So it was more like this was a sport that people knew. It wasn't more to an advanced uh, field where you have like green grass and stuff. People play anywhere. You just needed uh, maybe uh, less, than, less than 100 feet and you can actually play uh, uh, football. So it was something every family played. You had like my dad those days used to play with us as kids. So it's like it was an individual sport for everyone that 
everyone got accustomed to. So being the fact that it was something to uh, maybe bring closure for the loss they had due to politics and all the kind of uh, political-related issue. When they won the, the Olympics, it was more to uh, an achievement, not just for the team, not just for Nigeria, but also for Africa as a whole. Okay, all right. Okay, guys. Uh, any last words? Uh, yeah, so thank you. Uh, <clears throat> thank you, Victor, for, for coming on board today and uh, sharing this wonderful insight on uh, the memorable victory of Nigeria in 1996. So great to yeah, have okay. you, man, Victor. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you so much, Victor, for actually spending time with us and telling the journey of Nigeria in the 96 Olympics. I think it's a very memorable and directly hearing from a Nigerian itself. You can see how much you actually enjoyed that, that moment or even the day. Thanks for the time and sharing this experience with us. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, Victor. I mean, um, it, I I can only we us Malaysian can only imagine what it's like to be uh, in a Nigerian shoe back in '96. I I can only think uh, you know I mean words can't describe that feeling. So I mean, thank you for sharing us your insight on everything about what was that Olympic team was all about, which I think uh, will definitely have a special place in football history. Uh, a lot of stuff that we learn. I mean, there's a lot of things that we learn today. So, yeah, thank you so much. Okay. Okay. Right. Uh, so, uh, by the way, Victor, I mean, uh, I mean, what is your background, by the way? What do you do so that, you know, maybe one of our listeners may want to get in touch with you? Uh, I have an IT background. I just rounded the civil engineering. I do music also. Okay. So, interesting, interesting. So any albums coming out soon? Yeah, before the before August. Mm, okay, okay. All right. Okay, fantastic. Yep. Good luck. Good luck good in luck your adventure. Yep. Yeah, Thanks. good luck. Thanks. Okay, guys, that's it. We will end the Bola Bola show for this episode. And we will look forward to our next episode coming out soon. There is the final whistle. There is a historic moment. Nigeria become the first African nation to claim gold in the men's football. To beat Argentina by three. Okay, guys, in one, two, three. Matula, 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 matula. <laughs>